0: Thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. And, of course, uh, most people want to know, and, of course, we all want to know what's going on in our nation, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the, around us. Well, there's one thing that, that. Uh, this is not doom and gloom, but this is actually what the Lord shown, showed me. There's a canopy of evil over the United States of America right now. You don't even have to be spiritual to know this. But there's a canopy of evil that's affecting every facet of life. Well, I saw this canopy in the spirit. I saw it. But that doesn't mean that Christians are going under. It just means that the devil is doing his best to try to oppress the Christian church and you as a Christian. But God has made provision and showed us exactly what to do. But you know, this is not the only time that there's oppression on nations. In fact, when Jesus, and this is what the Lord showed me, and of course you already know it, so he wouldn't have to show you, but he said, when he was talking to me about the canopy of evil, he said, now before you get depressed about this, which we know better than to get depressed, but you know, you look around and you wonder, uh, does Jesus even know we're still here? (laughs) You know, because somebody, some people wonder about that. He said, before you get, you know, upset about it, about what I've shown you, this canopy of evil that's here, of course, he does that to help us and protect us, not to bring doom and gloom to us, but to let us know that there is something that God has for us. But that canopy of evil, uh, good to see you, that canopy of evil that's over the United States of America that I saw he said, Don't get depressed about it. Don't get discouraged about it. He said, When I was on earth, uh, the state of Israel, the, when I say state, the nation of Israel and most of that part of the world was under rule, the Roman Empire. And he said, they controlled everything. He said, but I still flourished right in the midst of it. And I still walked in God's perfect plan and God's perfect will. And signs and miracles and wonders accompanied me wherever I went. And the same thing will happen for you. And the same thing will happen for me. God will supernaturally take care of us. So Jesus lived at a time that there was oppression from the government and those in authority. But it did not stop him from accomplishing the will of God. He said this. He said, I only do what I see my father do and I only say what I hear my father say. And that's exactly what we should do because there is oppression all around. There are many people that are discouraged, that are men, men, mental. In fact, in our area, they talk about mental health issues, and I'm sure they do here as far as the world goes. You know, the world looks at its mental health issues, and I'm not saying that's that it's not a reality, that somebody could actually have mental health problems. But a lot of this that the world is calling mental health issues is actually oppressions from demons. That's actually what it is. And we've got authority over these things, but the people that don't know how to walk in this, the devil will try to dominate their minds. He'll try to discourage them. He'll try to get them to give up. He'll try to get them off the word of God and make them think that the word of God is not true and it won't work for you. And it won't work for me. But the devil is a liar in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So even though that that canopy of evil is here, we're going to prosper right in the midst of it. And we're going to rise up. And we're going to do the will of God. And the church is going to walk in the authority that God has for it. Now, when I say the church, that means you. And that means me. So Jesus lived under a time of oppression. There was a great oppression in Israel and over him. I mean, to the point, I mean, that they couldn't hardly do anything without the government controlling everything they'd done. But again, he still prospered, his ministry still went forward, and supernatural miracles took place. Supernatural provision took place. God supernaturally was there through Jesus Christ right in the middle of oppression. So before you get discouraged, stop. And get encouraged. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you do that? By not looking at the world, by not looking at what's going on, by not listening to all the reports that we got. Because if you listen to all these reports about the things that are happening, this one is doing that, that one is doing that, this one's doing that, this one's causing that, this one shut down that, this one broke that one out, this has done that, this is coming that, they're coming after you tomorrow. You know what I mean? You get to listen to all that kind of stuff. You can get oppressed, you can get depressed, but what I choose to do is I choose to look at the Word of God, I choose to look at Jesus and I choose to listen to what he says right in this day you're going to prosper and I'm going to prosper and I'm going to rise up and I'm going to receive everything that the Bible promises me because that is the truth of the word of God we do not have to live under oppression and depression we can live in victory in every area of our lives right in this time so I'm not going to let you be discouraged I'm not going to let you be oppressed. I'm going to let you be blessed in the name of Jesus. The blessings of God will abound in your life if you will go after them in the name of Jesus. And nothing's going to stop you. So even though that canopy of evil is here, it's all over. In fact, it's around the world. But especially of this nation, a canopy of evil like we haven't seen in, in many, many years over here but again in the days of jesus it was there too but jesus rose up and he prospered right in the midst of it and so are you and i Amen. now in recent times i say recent times to the last few weeks i was praying and seeking god missing a meal here and there you know it don't hurt me you know what i mean like it does some of y'all you know i believe that I, i'm the one that can really claim that scripture in the Bible, you know, that y'all taught me. Remember that scripture? (laughs) At destruction and famine, I can laugh. Some of y'all can't laugh at famine because you ain't going to live very long. (laughs) In a famine, because you ain't got enough meat on your bones. (laughs) Of course, I have cut back some. I want you to know that. I wasn't trying to fulfill the scripture by myself, you know. (laughs) there for a while I was but uh, I decided that I'd I'd make some changes and and I did and and it's helped me and everything but uh, so we can laugh at destruction and famine if we carry enough with us you know what I mean (laughs) and thank God for that and if you can't laugh you better eat some more (laughs) but whatever the enemy tries to do it's just too bad we're going on So I had this experience, you want something that God is saying today, I know you want to know what He's saying. It's actually very simple, and it's nothing new, really, but it was a reminder to me. In fact, uh, I was sitting at my my desk at, at the airport. I got an office there at the airport, as well as an office in another city, Owasso, Oklahoma, but I was sitting in my office, and I'd been praying, and, and I was studying and reading, and I was, uh, I'd been impressed to go back and pick up the book where uh, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. The Lord told me that uh, back there, I think it was 2007 or on, on beyond that a little bit, the Lord told me exactly almost 20 years, not to the day, but almost 20 years it was 20 years, I know, but not exactly to the day, about plans, purpose, and pursuit. Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen, we all called him, Dad Hagan's a term of endearment, not disrespect, but high and great respect. But on July the 16th, y'all remember that? It was on a Wednesday night. You remember that? <laughs> it was on a Wednesday night. That was, that was a Wednesday prior to the next week would be camp meeting. It would start the very next week. And uh, that they would have it at the Tulsa Convention Center. So on a Wednesday night, he was praying, and as he uh, was lying there in the bed praying, because sometimes he would pray in the night, because he was a night person, he picked that up, you know, when he was uh, uh, bedridden as as a young boy on on his deathbed. And his prayer time was when everybody else went to bed, because they would all have to set up with him, because they might die, he might die any minute. So he got to praying in the night. So it kind of stayed with him most of all his life. He changed a little bit later on, you know, as he he got a few years under his belt. But uh, he was lying there in the bed and he was just praying, you know, out in other tongues. And he started praying plans and purposes. And now he was praying in tongues, but he was speaking English plans and then purposes. And he prayed that way for a while, praying in other tongues and plans and purposes And then he just set out in English, and this is his own testimony, Dad Hagen's testimony. He said he just set out to the Lord in English. He said, Lord, there's something else to that. Lord, Lord, help me get there. There's something else to it. And he started praying in other tongues again. And then it came out this way, plans, purposes, and pursuits. And when he said that, he was caught away in the Spirit. After he said plans, purposes, and pursuits, he was caught away in the Spirit and he was caught up with Jesus. And they were standing over the Tulsa Convention Center downtown. And he was looking into the future. Jesus was showing him the future. You know, Jesus knows the future better than you know the past. Yeah. But they were looking into the future. He took him into the future. That fellow on there, back to the future, ain't got nothing on us, that doc yeah. man. That... <laughs> 80-mile-an-hour DeLorean, they ain't got nothing on us, you know. (laughs) But he took him forward in time. And he showed him the camp meeting. Now, out of that camp meeting, that's the first camp meeting that I spoke at, at at his camp meetings. It was in 1987. He showed him that camp meeting. And, of course, he had invited me to come to that camp meeting prior to that. Just the way he just said it to me, When he invited me to come he said the lord has a purpose in it that's what dad hagen said dad hagen done most everything with a purpose and a reason and if you don't understand that he just didn't float along and do something he was being led by the lord you know i'd say 95 percent of the time i mean he walked in the spirit but he would do things like that and he said the lord's got a purpose in it so anyway this is the week prior to speaking at that camp meeting and his camp meeting he was caught up in the spirit and him and Jesus stood over that Tulsa Convention Center. You remember? And they were observing the meeting. And, and he was telling Dad Hagen about things and about how things needed to change. And then he talked about plans, purposes, and pursuits. And I'm not going to tell the whole story because that's not my message tonight. I'm just telling you how I'm getting to where that uh, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me here just to couple of weeks ago because uh he had impressed me to get that book plans purpose and pursuit and read it because he had told me 20 years after that book was released the lord said to me he said i've been trying to get my people to walk in the revelation of that that i gave to who you call dad hagen plans purpose and pursuits he said i've been waiting on them for 20 years and he said they still have not obeyed me And that was 20 years after the book, the teaching came out, not the book. The teaching came out in 1987 at that camp meeting. And he showed uh, uh, Dad Hagen about how man's plans most of the time were not God's plans. And he said many times man's plans were thoroughly scriptural, but they were still not God's plans. You can be scriptural and be out of the will of God. And that's what he said. And so, and he said, another thing is, sometimes when people do get God's plan, this is what Jesus is telling them, sometimes their purposes are wrong. The reason they're doing it is wrong. And he said, what the church needs to do, people need to do, is get my plan, get my purpose, and pursue that. So that's where plans, purposes, and pursuits came from. He talked to him about the American church and how the American church was was basically missing it. That's what Jesus said. Jesus as a whole. That don't mean every church, but he was talking about in America because he mentioned the United States. Jesus did. About how we try to put all services, all types of services in one service. And he said we never reach the full potential of any of them. And he said the one that's leading the meeting needs to pray and find out what the Lord is saying to do and do that. And flow in that flow, whether it's an evangelistic service, a Holy Ghost service, teaching service, whatever kind of service, you know. And get that flow and stay with it and then that's when you're going to have good success. Now that doesn't mean that God could not move different ways in one service. That doesn't mean that. You can't just, you know... Put yourself in a box and lock it up. Whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do, you know, he can do it. But that's what Jesus said, you know, to Brother Hagin. he started teaching him a lot of things along those lines, plans, purposes, and pursuits, you know. And so he impressed me to get that book out again and go back through it and read it. And I've read it now, and I have read it, and I have read it, and I have read it. And I did read it, and I have read it, and I have read it. I read it until <laughs> the pages started falling out, and then marked it up, real good, you know, then had to find where the page goes, it fell out and put it back in here somewhere, because you know, because I, I like when I get them marked, I don't like to change them, you know. Even done test on the book. took a test on the book. Because one of the things the Lord impressed me about was back in, I think it was 2007. I was kneeling down praying over in Georgia, getting ready for a service, church service. And I was kneeling down praying, and it's like the Lord just said to me. He said, I want you to go back. And he said, pick up the revelations that I shared with Kenneth Hagin. He said, I want you to read them, study them, and apply them to your life And he said, preach them and teach them, as I tell you to, as you travel across the land, wherever I would send you. And he said, especially, this is what the Lord said to me in 2007, especially where I appeared to him in vision format. Because Brother Hagin got revelations, you know, also that wasn't where Jesus appeared to him. But he said, when I appeared to him in vision format, it was very, very important. Plans, purpose, and pursuit came from a vision, yeah. not just a revelation. And, and revelations are good. Revelation and visions work together. Yeah, right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, but, of course, everything he received in that plans, purpose and pursuit can be found in the Bible. You know, there's a few things you can just find a chapter and verse for, but you can find principles for it in the Bible. And he said that, uh, he said, I want you to go back and pick them up. Read them, study them, apply them to your life, and preach them and teach them as I lead you to across the country. He said, especially where I appeared to him in vision format. He said, for many have laid them to the side, these visions and revelations. And he said, many have gone as far as to say they're not for us today. And he said, some have gone as far as to despise the revelations that I gave and no longer will allow them to be shared in their church meetings or ministry. He said, go back and pick them up. It would seem to me, I don't know, you judge all this. You know, everything needs to be judged. But if Jesus appeared to somebody and gave them a revelation and it was thoroughly scriptural and it was from Jesus, don't you think that it would be important? Don't you think that we shouldn't apply it to our life? Yes, we should. And so I was reminded of that. The Lord reminded me that He had shown me to do that. And now He was leading me to go back just a couple of weeks ago and pick up that book. So I picked up the book because I had been reading the book. Now, prior to this, and when I mean reading, I'm reading the Bible. I'm studying the Bible. In relation to Bible study, I was impressed to get the book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. Because if there's one thing lacking on a greater degree or greater level in the church world today, it's how to be led by the Spirit of God and people are not following the Spirit of God. They're not following what he says do. And it's causing problems in the church world. So I was going back, just brushing up on that and through Bible study, reading the book and and meditating on it in, in relation to the Bible. And I was especially reading where Jesus walked in the hospital room you know and sat down beside him you know that's a vision of Jesus and he taught him how to be led of the spirit of God right there in the hospital room you remember that story? how he come walking down the hall of the hospital dad was laying there in the bed remember the door was open about 8 inches you remember that? y'all remember that? y'all was there wasn't you? what did you say? (laughs) that hospital? El El Paso I believe down there was you in El Paso? anyway he was in hospital, so we heard these footsteps come walking down the hall. He thought it was going to be a doctor or nurse, you know, because that time of day, they used to be real strict about visitors. It wouldn't visit in time. And so when the door was open, he was kind of looking down with the door open, fully expecting to see a doctor or nurse, and he sees something white but uh, and thought, well, that's a nurse or somebody. And then as he looked up, guess who it was? Jesus. He, now, he didn't say it this way, but goosebumps Popped out all over him. He said the hair stood up on him all over the place. He was amazed and startled. He said Jesus walked in that door, pushed the door almost all the way closed, walked across that room, grabbed a physical chair, just something similar to this, a straight back chair, that was in this uh, over by the wall in the hospital took that physical chair, brought it over by his bed and set it there. And then Jesus sat down in that chair and, and folded his hands in his lap and said, now I've come to talk to you about what I said to you in the automobile on the way to the hospital the other night. But from that, of course, and this is what I want to point out, Jesus taught him how to be led by the Spirit of God. He told him about some situations that dad Hagen had just dealt with prior to coming to the hospital and how he had had spe- specific leadings and he didn't know why but uh, the lord showed him that that was his spirit dealing with him and told him what to do he said now i'm telling you th- to do this that was my leading he said now, i'm not going to lead you like this anymore he said you're going to be led just like all of my other people by that inward witness and then Jesus told him, he said, he said, if my people will learn to follow me, he said, I'm concerned about every area of their life. He said, if they'll learn to follow me, he said, I'll make them rich. Rich. It would seem like now the word rich, Dad Hagen taught us very well, means to have an abundant supply. More than enough, you know what I mean? In every area of life. He said, I'll, teach, I'll, he said, I'll lead my people You know into it he said I'm not against my people being rich he said I'm against them being covetous you know what I mean and again rich means have abundant supply that don't mean everybody's gonna be be in there millionaire whatever you know and I'm not stopping you if you want to be a billionaire millionaire whatever you go right ahead remember me when you come into your kingdom (laughs) the thief on the cross said, remember me (laughs) You know what I mean? So anyway, I was studying that book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, just going through it. I was reading the Bible first, meditating on scriptures, and out of that, I just thought I'd supplement it with, I wouldn't just necessarily led to. I might have been unconsciously, but it just came to me, go back and pick up where Brother Hagin originally started teaching about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And I thought, well, what better book to go to than how to be led by the Spirit? Because that's where Jesus come in there and told him. He taught Brother Hagin, and Brother Hagin wrote the book. So he was getting it directly from Jesus. So I decided I'd go there. Because I made sure the Lord was talking to me about learning to listen to that inward witness. So, and another thing is, I wanted to know God's perfect will for my life. I wanted to know His perfect plan. It just got on me heavy. I, I don't, I'm not saying that God put it on me. What I mean by heavy, deep thinking about it. Yes. Am I going in the right direction? Am I doing the right things? Am I going the right way? You know, am I doing what the Lord wants me to do? And, and, I, and I'm having the meetings that the Lord wants me to have, Lord. And so I started to approach the Lord with this in prayer. That's how I got to this. And again, I, I skipped some meals, you know, in, in this process. Because Why? Because of that scripture. At destruction and famine, I can laugh. So, so, I decided to laugh a little bit, you know. And I was just going after the Lord. I wasn't trying to change Him. I was trying to get myself in a position to hear His voice better. Because even though you hear His voice, you want to make sure you're in tune. And I began, began to see, a, by the Lord, I began to see by the Lord how very necessary... It is going to be in these coming days to be led by the Holy Ghost. It's going to be imperative that you know the Spirit of God. I mean imperative. We should set a goal to go back and develop that inward witness inside of us. Because that's the foremost way Jesus said to Brother Hagen in the book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. The foremost way, the first way he's going to lead all of his children is through that inward witness. And many times, uh, it's the truth about it is, he's leading us, but we're unable to pick it up. Because we get so busy, our mind gets so active, we've got so many things to do, we're not sensitive to God, and we sometimes just overlook it. And I want to make sure, and I'm not judging you. I'm just talking about the same way with me. I can get busy. So I just had this kind of got, uh, idea, you know, I better hear from God here. Yeah. This thing's imperative because yeah. he began to show me that. And so I started to, to seek in the Lord. And then that's how I come across the book again in my Bible study and reading the Scriptures and confessing this, what the Scripture says about me and I've confessed, you know, I'm led by the Spirit of God. He is leading me. He's guided me. He has directed my paths. I know His perfect will. I know His perfect plan. See, if you say that you don't know His will, and if you say that you don't know what, you, what to do, you're not going to know what to do, and you're not going to know His will. You've got to say it by faith. Even though you don't sense it, even though you don't have a mental picture of it, even though you don't have a plan yet, You've got to say it by faith. I'm being led by the Spirit of God. God is leading me. God is guiding me. God lives inside of me. He's directing me. I know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it because I'm listening to the Spirit of God inside of my spirit. And so I was just, you know, reshoring up that area of my life, making sure that I'm walking in God's perfect will, God's perfect plan. Because, again, you get a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of voices. And, uh, and people coming to me with different ideas, you know, and do this and do that. Change this and change that and change that and do this. Throw this one out. Do this one. Do, do something. Kill that one. Do something, you know. And, and uh, I'm not believing nobody or nothing. But I, I, I would just say in the truth, I mean, there's so many voices out there. I want God's will. I want to know what God is saying. And I'm human just like anybody else. I can miss it. So I want to make sure I don't miss it. Or do it, put it like this. Do all I can not to miss it. You know what I mean? And if I'll put myself in a position to hear from God, he's going to speak to me. Because he said... If your son asks for a bread, you ain't going to give him no snake, are you? I mean, if you ask, he said you have not because you ask not. I know you were blessed by this message. If you would like to receive more information about Randall Greer Ministries, or if you'd like to receive our free newsletter, just let us know. We'd be happy to send it to you. Just write us at Randall Greer Ministries, P.O. Box 2227, Owasso, Oklahoma 74055. Or you can contact us at our website, www.rgm.me. And remember, God is always with us.